0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, October 13th. Don't look now, but the Tennessee Titans could actually play a football game on Tuesday night against the Buffalo Bills. It has been 16 days since the Titans beat the Vikings, back when NFL football still felt normal, and there are still tons of outstanding questions, and it's why the unbeaten Bills are, frankly, a three-point favorite on the road. Primarily, what type of mental and physical shape is this roster in after all of the craziness of the last two weeks? These are professional athletes who get paid millions of dollars to be ready to compete, and I would hope that they are capable of doing everything in their power to stay ready while they're at home. But there is no way that that's the same thing as going through full practices or even walkthroughs. The offense was hitting on all cylinders when the season got paused for the Titans, and the defense was most certainly not. What level of execution fans should expect, is a huge unknown heading into Tuesday night's game. Adding to that already totally unknown variable is the roster itself. Who is actually able to compete and at what level? This is where you could find some good news, I suppose. The team practiced on Sunday and have now been six days removed from their last player positive test. In fact, the first wave of positive tests have been cleared to return to play. This includes defensive tackle Daquan Jones, long snapper Bo Brinkley, and practice squad tight end Tommy Hudson. Jones is a huge key for the Titans on Tuesday night, he will be facing one of the more potent rushing attacks in the NFL, so getting him back is a big boost to the Titans' defensive line. The next two that tested positive were rookie corner Christian Fulton and outside linebacker Kamale Correa, who would be 13 and 14 days removed from their positive tests on Tuesday evening. There is no one-size-fits-all timetable for returning to play. Sure, it's about a certain amount of time, but also how symptomatic each player was and when. The timetable for other players as of game time on Tuesday night will be as follows. Adam Humphreys and Cam Batson will be 12 days removed. Jeffrey Simmons would be 11 days out from his positive test. Kari Blossom game sits at nine days, while Corey Davis and Michael Pruitt are just seven days removed. It seems reasonable to assume that Humphreys, Batson, and maybe even Simmons could be back should they check all of the needed boxes, and those additions could not be overstated as the receiving core is severely depleted, and as I already mentioned, the D-line needs all the help it can get against the Buffalo Bills ground game. Additionally, it appears that whiteout A.J. Brown will have a chance to contribute, after almost a month off with a bone bruise in his knee and that Adoree Jackson will not be off IR in time to help out on the back end of the Titans defense. So what exactly are the Titans facing on Tuesday night? Forfeiting this game was never on the table, but having to face a 4-0 team without much practice time and a depleted roster is as close as you can get to forfeiting without actually canceling the game. Having said that, even with some pieces missing and like two practices in over two weeks, The Titans are still putting plenty of talent on the field, and it's possible that the events of the last few weeks could galvanize the locker room if the leadership in this group is as strong as we believe it to be. This entire COVID outbreak ordeal just sucks for the health and the safety of the individuals and their families, for the fans, for the opposing teams, for the NFL. But again, and I feel like a broken record here, this is what we as fans and they as players and they as the league all signed up for. We are playing a football season in the middle of a giant viral pandemic, and missing players, missing practices, moving games, changing bye weeks is literally what both the NFL and the Players Association planned for. Could they have planned better? You betcha. Obviously, both sides are trying their best to get games in and the season played. As I've said a million times, it is all about being flexible and then allowing yourself to get lost in the game when it actually does get kicked off on Tuesday evening. Try to sit back and enjoy having Tennessee Titans football back, regardless of the outcome. That's my message. Another big difference for Titans fans, aside from playing on a Tuesday night, which will be the first time an NFL game will be held on a Tuesday since 2010, and just the second time since World War II, according to ESPN stats and info, but there will also be people in attendance, real live humans. Roughly 12.5% of Nissan Stadium, or around 9,000 fans, will be allowed into the game, and it should be a much-needed site for everyone involved. My wife and I went to the caverns on Sunday night to sit outside and watch some live music for the first time since February. We were roped off into socially distanced pods of no more than six people, you couldn't leave to do anything but go to the bathroom, and everyone brought their own chairs to sit in. We also had scheduled arrival times, departure procedures that we had to follow along with, and, of course, entry temp checks and screenings on their way into the venue. We bought all of our food and drinks on the app. It was delivered right to your pod, and I never had to worry about coming anywhere near any other humans. We felt very safe. If the Titans can create anything like what my wife and I experienced outdoors at a concert this weekend, then my bet is that football fans are in for a treat, because we felt normal again, watching music this weekend, and we desperately needed that feeling. And frankly, as I get more and more middle-aged anyway by the day, big crowds get less and less appealing to me in general. I might be cool with socially distanced large gatherings for the rest of my life. So if you're gonna go to the game tonight, be safe, follow instructions, and live in the moment, because it will allow you to feel normal again, even if for just a few hours. Okay, back to reality. The first SEC game had to be canceled on Monday due to COVID. Missouri, fresh off its upset win over the defending national champs last Saturday, was set to host Vanderbilt this weekend. However, the SEC put out a statement on Monday. The Vanderbilt at Missouri football game on October 17th is postponed due to the positive tests and subsequent quarantine of individuals within the Vanderbilt football program. The action is consistent with SEC COVID-19 management requirements. The game is tentatively rescheduled. For December 12th. What is terrifying to me is watching the NFL and the Titans flail about trying to handle their COVID outbreak the last two weeks. And that's with tons of protocols, official procedures, testing every day, tracing and more importantly, transparency. You're telling me that college football programs, the ones with zero accountability, zero transparency, zero collectively bargained medical procedures are all just doing a perfect job right now out of the kindness of their hearts. This seems extremely hard to believe, and I know I might be cynical, but the fact that it took this long for a game to get canceled is actually pretty shocking. Like always, let's hope the players and their friends and family are safe, and I guess we just have to take it on blind faith that these million-dollar feudal dictators who run college football programs, who have complete control over all of the information, are all doing the exact right things all of the time by everyone. Even if that may create some tension with their extremely pressure-packed job descriptions. Because it's college football, right? What could possibly go wrong? David Poyle and the Nashville Predators continue to nibble around the free agency edges. The Preds signed forward Brad Richardson to a one-year, $1 million deal on Monday. The 35-year-old has played 15 seasons in the NHL, including the last five with the Arizona Coyotes. Poyle has now signed four free agents since the process began last Friday, and all four are signed to contracts with annual average values of $2 million or less. The more and more of these types of signings that we keep seeing, the less and less likely it is that the Predators are going to make a big play in free agency. Which could be the right strategy. Or maybe it's not. Only time will tell. Thanks for listening, everybody. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show. Tell everybody about it, how much you love it. My name is Braden Gall, and this has been The 440 for Tuesday, October 13th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.